0: I, I stop all my business and dedicate my whole full time on Hong Kong. So uh, it's a price to pay, it's a risk, of course it's a risk, and my family too. So, uh, uh, but I move very quickly. For them to kidnap or to hurt somebody, they need to plan, like these, Russia or China is the same. So you, you don't stay anywhere more than three, four days.
1: Coming up on British Thought Leaders, I sit down with Alma Yuan. One of eight democracy activists with a million dollar bounty on his head placed by the Chinese regime. A businessman who's lived in China, Hong Kong, and the US, he's pioneering a new election law and democratic parliament for Hong Kong.
0: We have invented a secure voting method based on your passport. There's a chip in your passport, right? And then based on your mobile phone, your mobile phone is able to read the chip. And so using that technology offline, you don't have to do it online, offline, then it will scramble your personal information into a code. Right? And that code you use for voting.
1: Elma says the first election for Hong Kong will take place at the end of this year, and a constitution will be offered to the people of Hong Kong through a referendum.
0: Uh, the government may be in exile because Hong Kong is still occupied. But the, looking at the communist regime, It won't last too long so we're ready we need time to prepare ourselves and to exercise our parliamentary so-called procedures and after that then we'll be ready to go back to Hong Kong and uh, take back our freedom
1: I'm Lee Hall this is British Thought Leaders And oh, well, thank you for joining us on British Thought Leaders. Thank you, Lee. So the Hong Kong authorities offered a one million Hong Kong dollar bounty on your head. What's this all about? On July
0: first in California, we had a, a gathering, and with the press, including the Sound of Hope, they, uh, were filming us, and we announced the uh, election law and the secure voting system for the Hong Kong Parliament. For the first election to be held end of this year, and uh, and that really uh, ticked them off because first of uh, July was like a, was a Saturday in the U.S. West Coast, and in Hong Kong it's already the second, so they were able to issue the warrant with the uh, bounty on Monday, which means they worked through the weekend without checking with Beijing. And in Hong Kong, as you know, in all all the uh, common law countries, you need to be signed off by the magistrate. So, meaning they really did it all very quickly, aiming at uh, this Hong Kong parliament concept. Because um, the communists claim they represent (laughs) all the Chinese people, Right, 1.4 billion, but nobody has seen a vote, a ballot in their life. So they also claim that uh, Hong Kong is uh, one country, two system, their free election, which is totally untrue. They disqualify all the candidates which they don't like. And then even if after they e- are elected, they also find all kinds of ways to disqualify the successful candidates. So they don't like people organized. Right. This is the thing that really worries them because you'll be competing with them on power, on who control, and on sovereignty. I mean, their, their sovereignty is uh, uh, based on Communist Party. <laughs> they, they have sovereignty, people have no sovereignty. So, but in what I'm trying to do, I'm the uh, pioneer of this concept which is no nothing you know this is a parliament is like a democracy 101 you know there's no i didn't invent anything new mm-hmm. or oh, everything is under you know you what you call the declaration of human rights
1: yeah, yeah.
0: i mean it's, it's getting elected or voting for someone is like is common you know it's everywhere but to 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 them uh, the arrest warrant claimed this is like a subversion Right, very serious, and uh, treason, and uh, so that was my uh, crime, and uh, there were other seven peoples, but uh, I had the highest, biggest crime, so that's why they uh, this bounty, and uh, um, they are worried. They are worried about Hong Kong. Hong Kong people are kind of we always had freedom, we always enjoy freedom, and then uh, uh, rule of law, and about. Uh, maybe like a, a, a 30% democracy, <laughs> because they basically they, uh, have to qualify the candidates. Right. Also, they have appointed can, uh, legislative councillors, and so, so is the chief executive. is basically appointed by Beijing. So we never really enjoy full democracy.
1: Mm. So are you safe? Because obviously there's, this bounty is for your arrest. Yeah, uh, I left Hong Kong
0: about three years ago and I worked in D.C. lobbying uh, against the communists for Hong Kong. And uh, uh, at that time, I already have uh, uh, taken into consideration of my safety, my business. I, I stopped all my business and dedicate my whole full time on Hong Kong. So uh, it's a price to pay. It's a risk. Of course, it's a risk. And my family, too. So, uh, uh, but I move very quickly. For them to kidnap or to hurt somebody, they need to plan. Like this, Russia or China is the same. So you you don't stay anywhere more than three, four days. You mentioned your family and some of them are back in Hong Kong, aren't they? Yes. Uh, my eldest son and uh, wife and two children are still in Hong Kong because his wife is a uh, legislative councillor right. and uh, uh, <laughs> pro-communist. So it's it's a problem, so they decided to stay, which is fine. And my eldest daughter returned to Hong Kong uh, about 10 days ago, and she was uh, detained for questioning for almost eight hours. Uh, That's the way they are. Um, You know, you remember the two Michaels in uh, Canada. They never done anything wrong. But as far as the communists are concerned, life means nothing to them. They grab you and swap hostage. (laughs) <laughs> this is the way they do things. So they can do anything. I believe the, their action will escalate because as as I, as I become more successful, which I really am, uh, more and more Hong Kong people are supporting this idea, especially the overseas Hong Kong people. So it's, as we get more organized, and finally if we succeed in the election and form the first uh, uh, member of the parliament, that really scared them. And uh, uh, also, the, uh, once they're elected, their first duty is to start a constitution, to draft their own constitution, which is a direct challenge to the communists. Communists don't really believe in constitution. They do have constitution, but they never follow. As you know, all their treaties, international treaties and uh, agreements, they never follow, so uh, they don't understand. But we are going through the real process of drafting a constitution and then have a referendum by the people again to adopt the constitution and eventually to do everything according to the constitution.
1: For British people, parliament is something we've always had and it's hard to kind of get your head around this idea that, that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is making a parliament for Hong Kong because it's never really had that democratic process. Exactly. In fact, the, uh, when England want Hong Kong to,
0: to decolonize, remember, uh, they asked China, Beijing and Beijing said definitely no, because they know if you have democracy, then you will never follow their order, the communist order. So most colonies, as they become independent or even join some other, uh, join some other uh, federals, federations, they they have go through this referendum process, like Singapore, Malaysia, but we never had the chance.
1: What kind of response are you getting from Hong Kongers around the world to this idea of the Hong Kong parliament?
0: Um, the people, the, the grassroots, are very favourable mm. because they have nothing to lose. You give a vote, it costs nothing, right? And then can exercise their rights. But uh, Chris Patton was right. Those people against are not the worst. The worst enemy are not from China, right. but from the Hong Kong people. They, because they already have power. Right? The, the establishment, they already have power. They don't want to share with the people. It's the same worldwide. So uh, our biggest opposition actually came from Hong Kong people. The one being uh, elected before, or the pro-establishment. Uh, that type of people are very much against, but not the people.
1: With the regards to the bounty, have you received much support from the international community or politicians around the world? So far, uh, I have not asked. And uh, uh, very sympathetic, and in fact,
0: uh, con- this concept of Hong Kong Parliament, uh, because of the bounty and the warrant, people are more sympathetic. They understand why do you have to why do you have to issue warrants? Some you must have uh, some fear or insecurity. I mean that's why they, they they punish you. So people understand. You know, yeah, the most 95 percent of the world is is running on democracy. They understand immediately.
1: You're very brave, you're taking it very well, this no, no, idea no. of the no, 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 I'm prepared
0: for this uh, for the last three years. I'm prepared for this, you know, uh, it has to come. In the beginning, uh, I do something like uh, you guys, like KOL, I pe- keep talking. But I find out talking is not going to change the world, especially the communists. Uh, they don't care. So we have to take some action. And I don't have army or the military or weapons. So my only thing we can fight against them is by the people. Let me tell you, the world's elite, Western world, Hong Kong, the elite, they are not trained to fight. But the communists are. When they grow up, even at the grade school, they were picked and to see who's the enemy, the capitalists, and you have to <laughs> do away with all capitalists. So they were trained, and they are very competitive as they rise up to the so-called Central Committee level. So, but. Who are we? We are businessmen, teachers, uh, 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 maybe lawyers. We will never. We don't have political training, like uh, like here. Even the MPs, not really, <laughs> real, not professional pro- politicians, but they are lifetime pro- politicians, and they know how to fight, and they always consider us as enemy. So really, the world has not woken up yet. It's getting better. Three years ago. Compared now to three years ago, uh, like England, remember? Uh, You were hugging them like (laughs) in everything, right? Joint venture and then uh, asking them to invest in bullet train and this and nuclear plant. But this is very tricky. They are, once they come in, like what they did to Hong Kong, once they come in, now in Hong Kong, we don't have one single free press. We used to have a thousand media's. Really, Hong Kong, being small, yet all the educated people came to Hong Kong, right? And some couldn't get a job, so they start a newspaper or start some kind of magazine. We were so, such heavily, uh, uh, you know, media, no, not a single one. TV, radio, newspaper, magazines, they control everything. So this is what they are. This is only one aspect. So up until
1: 1997, Hong Kong was part of Britain. Do you think that the joint Sino-British declaration has failed?
0: I wouldn't blame the British for giving us away completely, because at that time the situation looks like they are going to change. The communists are going to change. Even we Hong Kong people believe they are going to be better. Uh, Their people are getting more freedom, and then uh, they have the right to do business, they are getting better life, and we believe better life will lead to uh, human rights. (laughs) But that's where it stops better life, you can travel freely, but no democracy. And then not only that, secretly they are planning, like Hong Kong, once they, from 1997, once they take over Hong Kong, they start infiltration, total infiltration. And uh, uh, media was one area, banks. I mean Hong Kong Shanghai Bank, the biggest shareholder is this uh, Ping An uh, Insurance. So they try to control, and now they're trying to split Hong Kong Shanghai Bank into Asian branch, and the rest of the world right. so that they can control the Asian branch. This is what they do, they never give up. And I'm sure here in UK, the schools, right, even the government.
1: So obviously there was the point where the handover happened that affected the freedoms in Hong Kong. But then we had this national security law. What difference did that make?
0: Let me explain to the, uh, in, uh, in the 80s, last century 80s, when they make the John declaration it was promised that we will have democracy, we will have a university service in legislative council and in the chief executive. It was promised, and they say, okay, it takes time. So it was written in the basic law. In ten years, they have to give Hong Kong people the freedom to elect totally freely, no 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 condition, unconditional um, uh, universal suffrage. So the r- result is. Ten years up, uh, 2007, they start dragging. And then give the parties, some political parties, some other, uh, some other benefits to delay the process. So then uh, five years later, uh, the younger people understand, wow, they're playing game. So they remember the Occupy Central? Yeah. That the main Occupy Central was for election, free election. They wanted free election. Then again, delayed. So finally, uh, uh, 29-2019, then they came up with this extradition law, tried to scare Hong Kong people. Uh, They're not successful. And then we had the district board election. It was very free. People didn't pay much attention to district board. It's not important, right? It's just So both sides, both the uh, democratic pandemic and and the establishment side, they didn't Interfere with the election, and <laughs> turned out to be more than 80% uh, pro-democratic, because it's really a free election. So that scared the communists. But from that point, they delayed the Legislative Council election, and they came down very hard with this national security law. Mm. Even they arrested all the mild uh, democratic uh, uh, politicians, now they're in prison without trial. So they tried to scare you. No more. They came out so hard. So nobody talked about it anymore. So that's why I decided to leave. That's when I decided to leave. And it uh, took me almost like uh, one and a half year to come up with this concept that we need to organize a Hong Kong parliament. People have to be rec- organized and uh, 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 do something jointly. I mean, you look at uh, Tiananmen, 1989, right? It's been almost like uh, 35 years. They were never organized. As a result, nothing happened. All university students, now they become uh, old men. (laughs) So uh, they were never organized. They didn't have the concept of democracy because the way they brought up in China by family, school, no church, nothing. So they don't understand democracy. I don't blame them. But we Hong Kong people, we, we, we were open to the world and a lot of uh, foreign educated people. Uh, England, USA, Canada, Australia. So those people have even voted in those countries. So the overseas Hong Kong people, Hong Kong, roughly, there are about 7 million people left. Right. And overseas, roughly about 2 million, and plus their children. And uh, so I, they are the one, If I hope they will support me, and they have the right to vote. Uh, we, sh- we think anybody born in Hong Kong or live in Hong Kong for seven years should have the right to vote. So I believe they will be the main voters, and the Hong Kong people, there will be less because they're scared of being, uh, being uh, arrested.
1: Is there a, a time scale on when you think all of this would take place?
0: We have invented a secure voting method based on your passport. There's a chip in your passport, right? And then based on your mobile phone. Your mobile phone is able to read the chip. It's a standard, uh, it's like RFID, you can read it. And so using that technology offline, you you don't have to do it online, offline, then it will scramble your personal information into a code, right? And that code you use for voting. And when you vote, you use VPN. That's why it's not so traceable. Mm-hmm. So we believe we have a very safe uh, voting system. And uh, 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 we, I, I also have the Tibetan and the Uyghurs interested because they, they, they have the same problem. Over overseas, only overseas, uh, Tibetan or Uyghurs are able to vote and form their organization. They need the support from inside China. So if they can vote from China, then it will help them a lot, better representation. So uh, now, what we have done in July, basically we were asking for opinions. Our election law, one document, the other one is this secure voting system. We've been passing around and ask for opinion. Now we're finished. We're going to freeze it. And then in August, which is now, we're trying to invite um, uh, different members of parliament from different world, different countries, to be our election commission, like the referee. And then from September, we want to people to register to be candidates. And uh, they start campaigning until the end of the year. That's where the voting will start. We, we, we hope to have the first, uh, first round of uh, MPs by the end of the year. And their first duty, uh, let's say from next year, will be to uh, draft the constitution for Hong Kong. And then after it's done, we'll have a referendum by all the Hong Kong people to, to adopt the constitution. And from there, we just follow the constitution to do whatever they have to do. Uh, the government may be in exile because Hong Kong is still occupied. But the looking at the communist regime, it won't last too long. So we're ready. We need time to prepare ourselves and to exercise our parliamentary so-called uh, procedures. And uh, after that, then we'll be ready to go back to Hong Kong and uh, take back our freedom.
1: Sounds incredible. Thank you. It's a real kind of David and Goliath battle there. The Chinese <laughs> yeah. Communist Party um, obviously won't like um, oh, being no we're
0: challenging. We're challenging their legitimacy.
1: You've got quite a unique perspective, you're a successful businessman, you've lived in mainland China, you've lived in Hong Kong, you've lived in the US. What are some of the things you wish people in the West understood better or more deeply about the Chinese Communist Party?
0: Chinese Communist Party, China is not really a nation. Nation, you know, normally you should have elected politicians, right, running your government and then you should have independent judiciary and, uh, 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 and uh, legislation, you know, it should, should be in the three power separation of powers. But China is not. China is run by about 20, 30 families, very powerful th- families. Uh, came from revolution, you know, the communist revolution. And these families, it's like, uh, you remember, you, you saw the godfather, yeah, and like New York, New York had the uh, five families, yeah. right? And they have a commission, The meeting, commission may include other families from outside New York and then they will nominate a godfather. This is Xi Jinping. He was nominated by the families. The family compromised and made him the leader and gave him all the power. But very unstable, as you know, (laughs) all these gangster uh, 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 organisations are very unstable, internally and also between families, fighting all the time. It's not a regular, like us, you know, you have an election <laughs> every four years and so so. But they they based on fighting and uh, no, no rules, no laws, right? Anything, any way to grab power, they would do it. So um, about three years ago, I arrived in uh, D.C. And then I proposed with uh, several um, congressmen a law called Transnational Criminal Organization. There is such a law in U.S. against the Hezbollah, and the Columbia drug cartels. So I said, this law really fits perfectly with the Chinese Communist Party. That's what they are, a, a transnational criminal organization. They should never be treated as a country. Look, uh, they join Declaration. Almost everything they violate. And then they join the UN, right? They sign the Declaration of Human Rights. Go through those 30 articles. Every one of them, they, they violate. Right? So you're not dealing with a normal country where there's uh, uh, people keep their promise. WTO, right? they joined the WTO. They've done nothing at all, uh, uh, what they promised, what they committed. So th- it's not a nation. The world should get together. By now, people start recognizing, uh, like in UK, I would say 70% of the people understand. US about 80%, Japan about 90%. By now, people have to recognize what they are and don't treat them like a normal nation with diplomacy, this and that. You have to distance them. You want to do business, you have to get, give up communism once and for all. Then we start doing normal business, step by step. And this should be the way to treat communism. Of course, a lot of people have received benefit <laughs> from, from the... They know how to bribe and infiltrate.
1: We've had several guests on the show talking about Xi Jinping and expressing alarm at how authoritarian things have become. So it's really interesting to hear your insight on I've never really heard about these families before. Yeah, it's he's it's the godfather.
0: And godfather needs bodyguards. Hmm. Very insecure, because you can be, can be arrested anytime. time. When he goes out visit another city in China, 10,000 bodyguards. Oh, no. And the whole city get locked down. When he go through that street or the high rise, you're not supposed to open the window. You open the window, they shoot you right away because they're afraid of... Uh, it's it's um, police state mm. and it's
1: martial law. Would you say the West is under a threat from China as well?
0: I mean, look at the White House. Look at the Biden family. I mean, this is a proof. There's no unquestionable proof. And uh, receiving money like such, uh, it's not just the money. China have a lot more that they can control the Biden family. Mm. All right. Yeah, You never know, women, other bribery, other promises, recordings, you never know. So they are never willing to really deal with China uh, in a hard way. So it's a problem, you know, uh, and uh, I don't want to, <laughs> even in England, the schools, the universities, receive huge bribes. So same way in U.S., the Ivy Leagues receive huge bribes, and the Wall Street, and then the Hollywood, and then uh, you name it. Even the NBA basketball the infiltrate, right? So uh, it's you have to treat, you have to distance from decoupling. was the right word to use? Now, of course, they use the word de-risk. What is the risk? The CCP, if you want the de-risk, you just have to stay away from them. You keep a distance, and then, unless they get better, you don't do business with these guys. So this is what I propose to do. You just have to isolate them. Right now, they are kind of surrounded militarily, right? And uh, uh, Russia, of course, even that Russia, Russia is, has lost the war. So eventually, they'll be, we'll have a complete surrounding of uh, China and then encircle, we use the word encircle, and then isolation. And the last one is really force them to give up communism.
1: What are your thoughts on the situation with Taiwan? Oh,
0: you know, Taiwan had democracy for about uh, uh, one, two, maybe four, four presidential elections. And uh, in the beginning, it was very messy. Their parliament, (laughs) they were fighting, fighting everything. It stabilized. So from a political stabilization into an economic stabilization, they are the richest country in Asia. Even ahead of Japan, nobody would have guessed, right? And uh, democracy, even though with the threat from mainland China all the time, never stopped, they were able to create a uh, a stable government and a stable economy for the industry to thrive. So right now, um, I was listening a few months ago about a US uh, ex-military. They say, Taiwan is US's core interest. Core interest is very serious, (laughs) meaning that if you attack Taiwan, America will consider Taiwan as part of US. Because the the, uh, the high-end chips they make, the US military uh, depends really depends on those chips. And the chips in uh, US, chip uh, factories in US are big difference. The new ones still takes uh, three, four years to be built. So Taiwan basically have built their own strength and their own defense.
1: We hear various talk about um, China is going to take on the US and kind of start a war, et cetera, and things like that. And how real of a threat do you think that is? Uh,
0: if you look at uh, conventional weapon, they are maybe twenty years behind. Right, right. But look at this. They've started already a chemical warfare. Look at fentanyl, and uh, biological warfare. <laughs> look at the virus. Right, the virus only escaped by accident. What if they use it intentionally? You know, the vi- fentanyl is intentional. Right, they were shipping before they were shipping finished pro- finished medicine. Now they are shipping raw material through Mexico into U.S. Mass-producing in the States, only in US, over 100,000 deaths every year. And Canada, 20 or 30,000. So it's huge. I I don't know about the rest of the world. So this is a warfare. They knew it. They knew this is gonna kill people. In fact, they promised, uh, Xi Jinping promised Donald Trump in uh, Buenos Aires, (laughs) it's not gonna stop once and for all. And their promise means nothing. So this, they're already in warfare. It's, you know, I'm sure everybody understand, unrestricted warfare. Mm -hmm. And it could be uh, tactical nuclear weapon and all kinds of... They're not looking for victory. They are looking for a, a, uh, let's say, a stalemate. So they negotiate. When they negotiate, normally the West lose. Because they are not afraid of... uh, losing, let's say, 100 million lives. <laughs> the West is afraid of losing 1,000 lives. It's the, We have the people, people are the uh, sovereign in the West, right? So, but in China, people are the slaves. So losing 100 million slaves is nothing. That's what they think. It's uh, different. So when you have people not afraid, not afraid of uh, losing life, very difficult
1: to fight. It's difficult times for Hong Kong at the moment, and maybe not that easy to see a light immediately at the end yeah, of the there's tunnel.
0: There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There is none until the communists are gone.
1: So When, when do you think we will see that? Uh, believe it or not,
0: this year is very, this winter, coming winter is very critical for them. Right. Look at it, you know, seriously, they have food shortage, huge unemployment. The unemployment in China is 50% of the employable population. My guess in the uh, urban area, 200 million; in the rural area, 300 million. Can you imagine? I mean, we have a three, three f- percent, five, five percent unemployment uh, gets very serious. Fifty percent total of 500 million people are out of a job, and this is very serious. And in China, there is no such thing as unemployment welfare or benefits. So by by the time winter comes, they, they'll end up uh, b- borrow everything they can from relatives, and then winter will be a season. With the flooding now, they'll be short of food this year, end of year. Of course, you know, they will struggle, and then will... T- in, in fact, uh, Wang san, the vice prime minister, or vice president said, uh, people can eat grass for three years, <laughs> live on grass for three years. But, you know, uh, it, it can happen. It can happen. In fact, it happened back in the 60s, early 60s, where over 50 million people died. The world didn't even feel that difference. But it can happen. But I believe that uh, on top of that, there is debt. Every person, every company, the local government and central government have huge debt. The whole economy, I mean, in the last 30 years, it was wow, China has really grown. It's all debt. It's not profit. Real growth has to come from profit, right? You do business, you invest. But the problem is U.S. keep on giving them money. And the whole country was built on debt. And now it comes back to haunt them. Interest rate is up. And every individual on on their mortgage, on their building, they have to pay. So on top of all these severe economic conditions, the debt's going to crash them. So my belief is, uh, three years, within three years. And this coming winter will be particularly hard for them.
1: But do you think a lot of the news we hear about the Chinese economy doing well and things like that is, is just kind of based on false figures?
0: The Wall Street, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about it early in the year, in January, thought, oh, it's going to be revengeful, <laughs> this recovery, <you> know? <laughs> it's like a revenge. They want to sell their remaining stock. The Wall Street, the the investment—they're still holding something, some equity of China, so they talk up the the stock, uh, the index and then release their goods and then start crashing. That's what they do. These guys are very clever, you know. We little investor, we only watch, you know, and then from uh, March, you know, from March on, or even April on, they start crashing. It's every month gets worse. So now. Uh, Foreign investors, mainly U.S., All right, the rest of the world only follow U.S. They withdraw everything. They, they have no more money in China. The interest rate is much higher in U.S., right? And the stock market is doing very well in U.S. No reason to invest in China. So it's they are pooling. That's why, you know, like uh, uh, property companies borrow up to here from U.S. U.S. was lending the money in Hong Kong. And now it's t- payback time. They can't you not even interest.
1: Do you think the pandemic kind of opened things up to some degree? If I like before that, the people had a certain view on China, but it changed a lot of people's minds. What happened
0: in the beginning of the pandemic when we were really suffering, UK, US, where we were really suffering, they were doing well because they were prepared. And they used this lockdown tactics. It works in the beginning. It really worked in the beginning. And that they were doing very well in the first let's say twenty twenty one 2020 and twenty, those two years beginning they were doing very well then finally this pandemic became uh, i forgot the name of it it went back to china uh, and uh, their their vaccine didn't work at all and so really catch china it was spreading like wildfire so they had to shut down total shutdown, locked you up in your apartment wouldn't let you out and uh, what really happened is uh, the economy came to a standstill, total standstill. Shanghai, I'm from Shanghai. I have read many relatives in Shanghai. Shanghai was, is the hub of whole China. Hong Kong is not. We are at the corner. But the real hub between China and the rest of the world is Shanghai. Shanghai totally shut down. So it really hurts the economy. It's like uh, uh, all their cash flow. Cash flow is very important and people had to uh, keep on paying their mortgage and so on without income. And they don't have this kind of, like here, your government (laughs) pay you something uh, while the pandemic going on. So this has really hurt them. So what they created, the Wuhan virus, finally, after two years, came back and haunt them. This, what you see, the economy you see in China today, is the result of the lockdown. And then from lockdown, of course, they turn up again, turn on again. Um, economically, they couldn't because it's like a person, uh, is the word anemia, lack of blood, right? If you don't have enough blood, you can't recover. It's like a car, you, know, you can't start it over again. So they are still in this, trying to restart the economy. And it's not happening. It's getting worse because the debt, interest, everything is building up. Uh, the money they produce and no new investment it was a ponzi game. New money cover old debt. you understand suddenly, if new money don't come, then the whole thing collapsed it's very serious uh, you know uh, most most Western economists they don 't have the insight, and the communists give you wrong numbers and uh, really they not only, they mislead you they're very clever they don't just lie they give you a number and then you would discount on the numbers and that's what they want you to believe. Seriously, they are, the, 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 they are such an art in line. Uh, unfortunately, you no, know, it's like I'm telling you four fairy tales. But I'm Chinese, I'm 74 years old. I went through Chinese culture. I know exactly how they think. Xi Jinping may be a two, three years younger than me. I'm from his generation. I know how they work, how their mind work. Most Westerners wouldn't do such uh, crooked ideas. And in the West, like the uh, US or here, UK, and Canada, people have never met such deceptive people, enemies. I mean, people are nice. They may cheat you a little bit here and there, but nothing is ridiculous. Look at, I mean, I'll give you some numbers. You, don't have, uh, you can... Uh, the population is a lie. Right? The population. At the most, China has one billion people. Right. Why they say 1.4? Oh, we have the biggest market. You must come to invest. You must invest in the biggest market. That's
1: the Ponzi game. You must get people to invest, right? So the G- they lose a lot of people in the pandemic as well?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Last year, the elderly people. You know, Chinese have a lot of people have respiratory uh, disease. Uh, not 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 deadly, but the minute the virus hit, the those these are openings, you know, they're fresh openings. Then the virus go in, they can't breathe. Lack of oxygen, immediate death. That's why so many people died last year. Of course, they cover it up. I mean, you can have to compare it. Do you want to trust the communist number or do you want to trust outside number? I'd rather trust outside number than trust communist numbers. So uh, my guess, you no, know, my guess, I don't... Just looking at Beijing, uh, you don't have to look at... Re- rest of the country are worse. Just Beijing. Over 50 million deaths, the crematorial numbers, those are scientific numbers, the mortgage co-storage numbers. Based on those two numbers, they say once and how many they can process, at least 50 million. And every family you talk to in China, their elderly people died. It's uh, the virus does not really hurt pe- healthy people like us. We suffer for a couple of weeks, but the elderly people with respiratory, you know, spitting all the time, and so on. Those people, is deadly. So uh, the population is fake, and the GDP. Their GDP, they use the base number of last year, right? And then at certain percentage. The problem in last twenty years. The last year's number has been, it's already fake. So it's called compounded lies. Right? Compounded lies. They say they have $18 trillion of uh, GDP. And now people keep calculating. It's about one-third. That's all they have. It's the same as Japan, not that much different from Japan. Now, and their debt, the debt, their total debt, maybe they report only half of them. They have hidden debt. So you have a smaller population. You have much smaller GDP, supporting uh, maybe double the size of a debt. How long can you last? It's like these, uh, you know, I mean, in the Western country, we have, sometimes we have this con man, right? It's like uh, Murdoch, Murdoch. Same thing. Oh yeah, huge, projecting huge profit, and then keep on getting new investment. That's exactly what they were trying to do. It's a Ponzi game.
1: How can we get around this problem that you've talked about, where people have a certain view of China? And the reality is this completely different thing over here.
0: They were making money. Wall Street was making money. All the Chinese company going public in the uh, US, they, hu- they make huge fees. And after they get the money, the, the US dollars, they let the investment banker invest for them. They were the worst. I mean, like Goldman and then uh, JP Morgan and so on. They're making huge amount of money. Now, of course, no more. It's over. And uh, they were lying for the Chinese. And uh, it's a big problem. I lived in Manhattan for 10 years. I knew all of them. So uh, they were... <laughs> the, the uh, What do you call... Uh, the, the coal, coal... They were the criminals, really. And uh, uh, because in US, there's a lot of institution money retirement money, insurance uh, funds, and so on, sitting around, not doing much, just investing. They don't need that money. So normally, they would invest in U.S. But now Chinese, at that time, or 20 years ago, Chinese offered them better return. So these investment bankers were selling the Chinese uh, equities to these, to these big funds, and then bigger return. And uh, of course, they make huge amount of fees. That's why the, now it's going back, slowly going back to the US.
1: Do you have any final messages you'd like to kind of give to Hong Kong people or generally? No, I think uh, um,
0: we have to get organised. Right? We should have a legitimate, recognised, well-recognised Hong Kong parliament. So uh, uh, the, con- the world now, their eyes are opening up. They know who to support. Look at Ukraine. I mean, they support Ukraine because it's a democratic elected country and they're being invaded. The
1: CCP sent the, me- sent the weapons to Russia? Pardon? The CCP sent the weapons of to course, Russia? Of course,
0: of course. No, they, fi- they finance the whole war because money is hard to find, hard to, hard to hide. They're not easy to hide. They have ways to support Russia. The, uh, the, the containers going by land from China to Russia, have increased many times. So you don't know what's inside could be weapons could be food could be money and now the biggest currency in Russia today is RMB. Right. Yeah and they, you, they they sell energy oils and gas and collecting RMB and then come to Hong Kong and swap them into US. So it's uh, they are the biggest supporter without China the war would have ended.
1: And right. oh, thank you for joining us on oh, British my Leaders. My pleasure. <laughs>